Welcome to the Living Strategically podcast. We are Reed and Elizabeth Hewitt, a husband and wife team who live in South Texas. For our day jobs, we are communications consultants, and we also run Living Strategically. Where we're all about helping you strategically pursue your God-given purpose and make the most of your time on earth. This is our second episode in our series about money and possessions. And today we're going to dive into what is biblical stewardship. Now, I will say, like we mentioned in the first episode of this series, we're not financial advisors. This is just a topic that we love to teach about, we love to help others with, and we've done so for 20 years. So we're just going to lay out some biblical truth for you. Uh, but definitely talk to a licensed professional if you need specific financial guidance. And for us personally, we live a debt-free lifestyle. We follow a spending plan every month, so we do practice what we preach. So we hope these episodes are an encouragement to you as you seek to handle your money and resources in a way that honors God. Which brings us to the question of what is biblical stewardship? The truth is that one day we're all going to stand before the Lord and give an account of how we managed worldly assets and how we managed our short time that we were given on this earth. And our investments are going to be tested by fire, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So only those things that were built on the foundation of Jesus Christ will stand the test and receive a reward. One of our favorite books is Managing God's Money, a Biblical Guide, and in it, author Randy Alcorn says, In contrast to materialism's emptiness, there is joyful liberty in Christ. Those who hold tightly to the true God will loosen their grip on money and thereby loosen money's grip on them. That's such a really good challenge to us to ask ourselves, are we keeping a tight grip on our possessions or are we holding it loosely? Contrary to worldly thinking, the Bible tells us that we're not the ultimate owners of physical possessions or financial assets. We're supposed to be operating as managers of not only our money, but also our time and energy and any talents or skills that God has given us. But God is the ruler over all, period. Biblical stewardship can be defined as Christians managing God's resources in accordance with biblical priorities. This really requires a change in our hearts and our minds. Uh, Like we said in the last episode, it's the ultimate paradigm shift. Uh, It affects our calendars as well as our pocketbooks. And it means that uh, decisions on how to invest our resources are really spiritual decisions at their root, and they require faithfulness and wisdom. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, verses 1 and 2, Let a man regard us in this manner, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. The late Christian financial expert Larry Burkett made the unfortunate observation that the Christian world is no different from the secular world when it comes to debt, bankruptcy, and divorce, because priorities are misplaced. It can be difficult to keep a biblical stewardship perspective from day to day. We live in a world that promises comfort, security, and happiness as a result of accumulating more and more stuff and building wealth. But increasing our lifestyle is not what life is truly all about. 
Listen to what Jesus says in Luke 12:15. Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. In the end, godliness and contentment are key. We brought nothing into this world, and 1 Timothy 6 tells us we can take nothing with us when we die. We will avoid a lot of grief if we can keep our priorities straight. Now, I want to take a second here and mention the Bible doesn't teach us that it's more holy to be poor. You know, the Bible is not against people having a lot that they're being stewards of for God or a little. That's not the core issue here. Most of the time, people are drawn into uh, accumulation and greed much more easily than they're drawn into uh, a kind of ascetic uh, poverty is holy line of thinking. Uh, so usually, as Christians, we're battling against a culture who, that tells us that more is better. So continuing in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul has this to say, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. I love that phrase, take hold of that which is life indeed. Ultimately, living as a wise biblical steward is for our own good. It's the only way to make the best investments of the resources that God has called us to manage. It's the best way to bring God glory and advance kingdom purposes. We've mentioned several times so far this idea of investing the resources that God has entrusted to us. Now, a lot of times when you hear the word investing, you think like putting money into the stock market, making a profit, those kind of things. But we're really using the word in a broader sense. You may be making an eternal investment by going and helping an elderly widow mow her yard or do some repairs on her house. That's an investment of time, maybe some of your money, an investment of your skills or talent. And the result of that is an eternal reward because you spent that time doing something pleasing to God in accordance with his word instead of just focusing on yourself and how you can accumulate more for your own enjoyment. And that's really what managing resources with a kingdom mindset is all about. Our, our God-given resources include our time, our energy, our money, and our talents. And in all of these areas, it's really wise to monitor where we're at, where we're heading, and to diligently work towards goals that align with biblical priorities and our God-given purposes in life. We need to know and plan for how much time do we have to do ministry? How much time do we need to spend taking care of our own families? Uh, you know, make sure that we're in balance in those areas. So one verse that has really spoken to us is in Proverbs 27, verse 23. The NLT version says, Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. For riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be passed to the next generation. 
When it comes to our financial resources, many stewards have found that a monthly spending plan or a budget to is helpful in keeping track of household expenditures and long-term goals because being a faithful asset manager requires careful planning, routine monitoring, and living below your means. And an important part of that budgeting process is to make sure that you account for the giving of first fruits to the Lord. We read in Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. By first giving a portion of our income back to God, we're basically just acknowledging that He is the source of all our resources. This keeps our flesh from taking ownership, and it reminds us that we're stewards and not owners. As Randy Alcorn says, tithing should be a meaningful expression of our dependence upon God and gratitude to Him. God promises to bless His children who follow this simple plan. And along with giving to the Lord, some of those resources that God puts under our management are to be allocated for others. We shouldn't use it all for ourselves, but rather look for ways to help others. James 4 verse 3 says, You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. And 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. To kick it up another notch, we can practice sacrificial giving. Randy Alcorn says, God's money manager doesn't ask, how much more can I keep? But how much more can I give? Whenever we start to get comfortable with our level of giving, it's time to ask God if he wants us to raise it again. Now, how's that for a challenge? That's quite a challenge. You'll also hear from financial advisors that it's wise to have three to six months savings set aside for emergencies. Living paycheck to paycheck or using up all of our financial resources is foolish. We can't predict the future, but we should plan for one. It's wise to set aside resources for unplanned mishaps or future emergencies. Proverbs 21 verse 20 says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. And also in Proverbs 6 verses 6 through 8 it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Another way of devouring our resources and presuming upon the future is to accumulate debt. While the Bible never prohibits debt, it cautions against it. That's absolutely right. Uh, Romans 13, 8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. And Proverbs 22, 7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. So debt is to be avoided whenever possible. And unnecessary debt-fueled spending is basically like telling God that he hasn't provided enough to cover our basic needs. Uh, So if a steward is managing God's resources, and God has promised to provide all that we need, then a lack of funds is typically a result of poor management. It's not because God's not doing his part. And that's why it's our personal conviction that consumer debt is just not necessary for American families. 
Like with our government, too many of us simply have a problem with overspending. With creative and strategic planning mixed in with delayed gratification and personal discipline, Christians can live debt-free and not be in bondage to lenders. To find true financial freedom, we need to live within or below our means. Finally, biblical stewardship points us to our eternal future. Heaven is our real home, and this world is just a temporary dwelling place. But our culture is completely focused on the things of this world, because our culture doesn't really account for anything outside of the natural that you experience in the flesh. But as Christians, we need to keep the bigger picture in mind. The things of this earth will ultimately all pass away, and investing in treasures that last forever really makes a lot more sense. That's what's going to matter. That's what's going to pay the ultimate dividend, if you will, in the long run. Jesus said it better than anyone in Matthew 6 when he said, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And to share another quote from Randy Alcorn, Kingdom currency is the only medium of exchange recognized by the Son of God, whose government will last forever. That currency is our present faithful service and sacrificial use of our resources for Him. That's exactly right. When we do finally reach our eternal home, may we all hear our Master say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode, and we hope you'll tune in again as we continue to explore what the Bible says about biblical stewardship and using our money and possessions for God's glory. Until then, we're going to link some articles down below where you can explore this topic further. And in today's episode, you've heard us quote Randy Alcorn extensively. In case you want to check out his book, Managing God's Money, A Biblical Guide, we'll put a link down below where you can find that book and pick up a copy if you want to. All right, y'all. Until next time. Keep living strategically.